Are you ready to be transported back to 1800s high society London? Because season three of Bridgerton is now playing only on Netflix. This season follows the story of the Tons resident wallflower, Penelope Featherington, as she undergoes a journey of self-discovery and empowerment where we see her truly blossom. Penn's emotional transformation takes centre stage as her friendship with the charming Colin Bridgerton evolves into something more. For those not yet acquainted, Colin, the charming younger brother of the Bridgerton family, is about to turn Penelope's world upside down. Mm, This is the ultimate good friends to lovers story. From those initial butterflies to when both parties realise there might be something more between them, watch Bridgerton Season 3, now playing only on Netflix. On May 10, 2019, Tardy Westbrook posted the Bye Sister video, which brought James Charles' career crashing down. Only within 12 months, the story behind YouTube's biggest ever scandal would be totally and utterly flipped on its head. Welcome to Scandal from Shameless Podcast, the stories of the biggest celebrity controversies revisited. Hello, Michelle Andrews. Hello, Zara McDonald. Welcome, everyone, to the final instalment of not only what we've called the YouTuber series, an umbrella term over the last four episodes of Scandal, but this is also the second and last episode about maybe our favourite YouTube drama or the juiciest YouTube drama. Certainly the biggest YouTube drama when we consider the fact that it made the mainstream when a lot of these other dramas that we're talking about didn't quite penetrate the mainstream media in the same way this one did. I have to say, Mish, all credit to you. Thank God you convinced me to do this series because (laughs) I wasn't not sold. I was like, sure, but I guess I didn't realise how much I'd enjoy doing it and how much I'd enjoy learning about this sub world. This beautiful, crazy, ugly world of YouTube drama. Now, If you have listened to episode one, first of all, we really, really recommend you do. You can have no fucking idea what's going on if you jump in at episode two. But in episode one, we did cover what kind of started as a friendship and then turned into a feud between James Charles and Tati Westbrook. Now, this was all sparked by a vitamin company rivalry and then from there started to include allegations that James Charles was manipulating straight men into thinking they were gay. Yeah, you might also remember that another person who'd been coming forward with tweets and allegations around this was Jeffrey Starr. Jeffrey had called James a predator on Twitter and also called him a danger to society. Now, at the end of the last episode, we talked about how James Charles responded to all of these allegations in a pretty impressive 40-minute video. The video was overall pretty positively received and did include a bunch of evidence that countered the things that not only Tati, but also a whole array of other people had said about him over the previous weeks. Now, Mish, we kind of teased out the end of last episode by saying that the whole story was about to be flipped on its head because that is not where the story ended. We're going to tell the second half of this story now. All right, Zara, in the wake of the Bi Sister scandal, James Charles actually cancelled his national tour. On June 19, he returned to YouTube and posted his first video since the feud. It was called High Sisters. In that video, he talked a lot about 
how detrimental the bi-sister scandal was to his mental health. He said that he was taking some time to kind of detox and relax and slow down and just get reprieve from it all. Yeah, absolutely. At other fleeting points in the year, James opened up about the impact that the scandal had on his mental health. In September, he appeared in a video with fellow YouTubers and said that without the support of his friends during the feud, he would, and I quote, be dead right now. In November, he said that Tardy's claims against him implied, and I quote, that gay men are all predatory, which is disgusting, not true, and very dangerous to put out there. He went on and said, the whole situation was scary for the LGBTIQ plus community and paints a really bad picture of gay men. Yeah, so we're going to put James Charles and his mental health battles in the wake of the scandal to the side for a second because we need to check in with two other YouTubers, Shane Dawson and Jeffrey Starr. This is the part of the story where Shane Dawson walks back into view and it's really been interesting to do this YouTuber series as an umbrella series because in every episode, despite covering three completely different scandals, Shane Dawson Wilson's name has been mentioned in every single episode. Yeah, and he seems to walk into the episodes at about this time. Yeah. As well, just as the drama is really properly about to kick off. Now, just to recap, because if you haven't listened to the other two YouTuber episodes, we will recap on who Shane Dawson is. He was known as the king of YouTube. He had been on YouTube for over a decade by this point and had become known for covering internet conspiracy theories. But also by this point, he was renowned for making homemade documentaries about YouTube dramas, of course, like Tanacon. So if you listen to that episode, you'll know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, and in 2019, he decided to make a documentary series with Jeffree Star, exploring how Jeffree's public persona had evolved since his days as a MySpace famous musician to becoming a millionaire makeup mogul. To be clear, the combination of Shane Dawson and Jeffree Star was an extremely powerful one. This was a combining of two otherwise disparate corners of YouTube, right? Shane Dawson was into conspiracy theories, Jeffree Star was in the makeup space, and when they worked together and collabed, they kind of developed a bit of a super following. Together, they harnessed all that popularity. They harnessed their influence for huge monetary gain. They together released branded merchandise. They collabed on sponsored content and even got to work on a bespoke makeup line under the Jeffree Star brand. Yeah, as we said in the last episode, Shane hadn't been directly involved in the tardy James Charles feud but had come out in support of Tati during the drama. Now, about three months after James's No More Lies video, in October 2019, Shane Dawson released the trailer for his second documentary series with Jeffrey titled The Beautiful World of Jeffrey Star. Yeah, the trailer for the documentary, which has since been removed, included clips suggesting that in the documentary series, Shane would include coverage of the Tati and James drama. He showed clips of him watching Tati's video and then James's subsequent apology. Only when the eight episodes documentary series premiered on YouTube, none of those teased scenes were included. In fact, the documentary was essentially a PR move to get people talking about Shane and Jeffrey's new makeup palette, the conspiracy palette. Yeah, it was basically just a way to launch the palette, right? Yeah. It was only about the palette. It was smart PR. Yeah. Now, Shane said that he originally planned for the series to have nine parts with three episodes dedicated to the bi-sister drama, but that there was no new information and that publishing footage would just make it harder for people to move on from what happened. He said, there's no crazy new information. It's just kind of me in the world and seeing what happens and everyone fucking up and moving on. <laughs> 
Okay. (laughs) After overwhelming complaints from fans, Shane eventually did briefly cover the James Charles and Tardy feud in the final episode of the docuseries, but really it was just him reacting to the videos. There was nothing new added. So dodgy though from him, like to tease out this, to clickpick people into thinking that he was going to cover it at the expense of people who have said my mental health was really impacted by this mm. and then to also just not cover it at all. Like yeah. just so much damage. It's trying to have your cake and eat it too to then also say, oh, I didn't want to I didn't want to cause more pain for these people. Like, what do you mean? Why did you put it in the trailer in the first place if you didn't want to cause more pain for yeah. people? And also if the docuseries is the beautiful world of Jeffree Star, why would three episodes have ever been dedicated to James Charles yeah, and Hardy Westbrook? doesn't make any sense. Now, in the beginning of 2020, Rumours started to spread that Shane Dawson and Jeffree Star were actually the architects behind the public feud between James Charles and Tati Westbrook. Now, Mish, (laughs) when we say rumours started to spread, rumours started to spread on dedicated drama channels. Yes. You're going to have to help the listeners out who weren't YouTube kids about drama channels. Okay, so drama channels essentially served the purpose that maybe Celeb Spellcheck in Australia does on Instagram or did on Instagram a couple of years ago. They were the YouTuber watchdogs in the way that Celeb Spellcheck is the influencer watchdog over on Instagram. Yeah. So there were various accounts and some of these accounts had hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of followers. A big one was T-Spill. There are some other ones that we'll mention in this episode that were also quite successful essentially they were hugely powerful these bloggers could jump onto these videos weigh into and report on youtube drama and literally build careers off of it if you got enough subscribers if you posted enough drama videos if you garnered enough views you would make enough ad money for youtube to foster a really successful career it's pretty interesting isn't it i guess it's not unusual to what we see now because i guess we see this now with tiktok and instagram mm. just calling them drama channels seems so funny to me as well i think the business side is unique to youtube yeah this was yeah. business yeah it's very interesting now the first channel to kind of start spreading these rumors was one run by a blogger by the name of ashley kyle who said that jeffrey star had orchestrated this entire takedown of james charles she said that Jeffrey would direct message her with gossip and information about James for videos. Yeah, and she would get these text messages and then turn it into content and they kind of had this symbiotic relationship where Jeffrey could get stuff out about James or maybe other things going on in the beauty YouTube space. Ashley would get heaps of views and that's why the relationship worked for a time. And we're talking about phone calls, voice notes, text messages, anything that could kind of facilitate this exchanging of drama and gossip and tea between Jeffree Star and Ashley Kyle. Now, Ashley posted a video in 2020 laying out her relationship with Jeffree Star and how he orchestrated this feud, in her opinion. She set up the video by saying, this is really me owning my part of the downfall of James Charles. You guys deserve the truth. He deserves the truth. The world deserves the truth. Before adding, I feel used and I feel manipulated. I feel like this video was one of the first proper conversations that were had about how the takedown, and I have that in inverted commas, of James Charles was something that was orchestrated by people outside of Tardy. Mm. And this was the first time that people thought, 
and said publicly, fuck, maybe what we did was really terrible. Mm. Now, amongst the many screenshots of her communication with Jeffrey was one that showed messages from April 2019 before Tardy had published her bi-sister video that read, it's all going to come out. Whatever you think that means, it's 10 times worse. He is a monster. We are all questioning if he has a soul. He, of course... (sighs) He's talking about James Charles. Yeah, he's a monster. We're all questioning if he has a soul. Yeah. It's not backwards and coming forwards. Is not it? at all. In a later exchange, Ashley posted a screenshot where Jeffrey sent a photo of James Charles's face to her with the text message, his eyes are so dead it's haunting like a demon. On top of that, Ashley also included screenshots of Jeffrey sending her texts about James Charles's supposed plastic surgery and kind of maybe hinting that she should be the drama channel to share that information about James Charles's plastic surgery with the world. Yeah, keep in mind as well, like, if this is true, Jeffree Star is feeding all this to a drama channel. Hmm. He's deliberately feeding this to Ashley because he knows he wants it out in the world. He just doesn't want to be the one to say it. Finally, on May 6th, just four days before Tardy's bi-sister video was uploaded, Jeffrey sent Ashley a message that read like this. Wait for someone to upload their video on James this week. You're going to gag. Mm, Here's what Ashley had to say about that. Why does someone like that have a relationship with an 80,000 at the time drama channel? Unless it's to tell their narrative or manipulate someone or get their side of the story across. Like he had no reason to be nice to me and no reason to be my friend. I really love that quote. From Ashley Kyle. I feel like she is being very self-aware. Maybe in the moment of having Jeffrey message her, she didn't have a bird's eye view on what was actually going on in that dynamic. She calls it a friendship at one point, but then came to her senses that it was never a friendship. It was just something for Jeffrey Star to get certain information out into the public eye. I, I think it's bang on. Why would someone the size of Jeffrey Star befriend online? someone like Ashley Kyle. Yeah, like why do you even need her, truthfully? Mm. Now, there was another really interesting and another self-aware part of this video that I want to play as well that I think is really important to know. All I know is that I helped take part in the downfall of James Charles's career. He fed me all of that information. I believed all of that information with no evidence just because I thought that he was my friend. Now, the thing is, Mish, it didn't end there just with Ashley Kyle's video. Around the same time, beauty blogger Cameron Lester claimed that he witnessed an interaction between Jeffree Star and Shane Dawson that painted the king of YouTube in an entirely new light. Yeah, Cameron said, I remember Shane Dawson called and he was going off about James Charles and just like cursing James out. And I was just kind of taken aback because I've never seen Shane Dawson like that and he was just going in on James. He went on, from there, I knew Shane Dawson wasn't really the person he was perceived to be online. Now, after these two videos and a couple of others that were floating around on YouTube, the rumors just completely took off. Did Jeffree Star and Shane Dawson join forces to try and ruin the career of their number one competitor in James Charles? Yeah, and up until this point, Shane and Jeffrey had stayed pretty quiet on all the rumours. Jeffrey's behaviour was particularly confusing, Mish. On one hand, in some instances, he publicly supported James despite everything that had happened the year prior. In March, Jeffrey shared a video of James doing Charlie D'Amelio's makeup, writing, 
um, you look so gorgeous. James killed it per usual. Mm. But on the other hand, he also appeared on a podcast in April 2020. So a just month later. A month after that and said he had a voice memo on his phone of an alleged victim of James Charles. Yeah. In response to the drama videos that suggested Shane and Jeffrey were behind the takedown, Shane Dawson decided to publicly respond. He actually posted a massive rambling letter to Twitter and we're going to read you out chunks of what he said. Now, Guys, strap yourselves in because this statement from Shane Dawson (laughs) tackling the allegations that he was one of the main architects behind the Bicester scandal is long and it is a ride and it is ludicrous. But we felt we had to read out like huge portions of it to give you all the context. Absolutely. You start. (laughs) Okay. Here's where we're going to begin. Did I know that Tati was thinking about making a video? Yes. Did I tell her to make a video? No. Did I have any involvement in the video? No. Did I orchestrate it? No. Did I need that kind of drama to make a good series? No. Have I ever tried to ruin a career or make someone look bad in my 15 years on YouTube? No. Do I have a track record of getting into drama with people or having fights with other YouTubers? No. Am I innocent and don't have huge anxiety provoking regrets about how I could have helped everyone handle the situation better? No. I I am confused by that last sentence, by the way, if you guys are at home too. I've had a pit in my stomach since it all happened. Yeah, the thing about this statement as well is that a lot of it doesn't actually seem relevant or some of it doesn't make sense. It's like, what are we actually talking about here? So I do want to put that on the record as well before we keep reading. Now, Shane also gave his two cents on all the drama in the beauty YouTube community, writing, the beauty gurus who are always involved in scandals are all the fucking same. I mean, keep in mind, this is a guy that's popped up in every single episode of these. <laughs> they are all attention-seeking, game-playing, egocentric, narcissistic, vengeful, two-faced, Ooh. ticking time bombs, <laughs> ready to explode. And I am over it. Yes, they are talented, creative, smart, and love makeup. But they also joined a side of the internet that is obsessed with looks, money, power, <laughs> fame, screenshots, and subtweets. Releasing private texts, voice memos, emails, and other receipts as a way to paint yourself in a particular light or someone else in a bad light is weird to me and I will never engage in that. That is a game that they know how to play well and I would rather eat my own hands off than play it. Mm. Now, <laughs> I find this particularly interesting because I read it and I thought, well, what's that got to do with any of the allegations leveled at you, Mm. is this you just preempting receipts that are going to come out about you and saying, I don't play that game? Yeah, I'm I'm so far above proof. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So good. The statement went on. Yes, Jeffrey is in that list of dramatic gurus and would admit that, but he will always be family to me and I love him despite those characteristics. I'm just going to give a reminder, by the way. The characteristics were... Attention-seeking, game-playing, egocentric, narcissistic, vengeful, (laughs) two-faced, ticking time bomb ready to explode. Apparently he's family despite all of that. The statement went on. He's very aware of the fact that I don't agree with many of the ways he approaches situations and I've been very honest with him about needing to make some changes. But as for being in the beauty world, I can't take the drama anymore and it's not how I am wired, so I'm out. He went on. Do I think James is the devil? No. Do I think he was a young, egocentric, power-hungry guru who needed to be served a slice of humble pie in the size of the fucking Empire State Building? Yes, in capital letters. Has he grown as a person since then? It really seems like it, and that's amazing. I'm truly happy if he's realised how his ego was affecting others, which he did address in his No More Lies video. Do I think Tati is a villain? 
No, I think Tati was sick of being treated like shit by so many in the beauty world and finally snapped. And damn, did she fucking snap all the way off. Mm. I just want to quickly zero in on, do I think he needed to be served a slice of humble pie the size of the Empire State Building? I find that a, a very funny line because I'm like... What's the point of all of this statement trying to deny all these allegations when you put that in there? Because that suggests, to me at least, that some of the allegations could be true. I know I sound like a broken record. I really do think the context that Shane Dawson and Jeffree Star were in their 30s and they are doing this to a teenager is so completely relevant. Yeah, I totally agree. He went on. Shane said that he and Jeffrey did not orchestrate the Bicester scandal, but that Jeffrey was probably excited to see a competitor fall. Despite that, Shane wrote, he's Jeffrey fucking star. What do you expect? I guess I missed the part where he got baptized and devoted his life to Christ. Did Jeffrey take it too far and fuck up big time by tweeting what he did about James? Yes. And it's one of the biggest regrets of his life. This all happened over a year ago and I'm really sick of hearing about it and having people constantly using it as a way to keep my name and other names tagged together in drama videos. Don't get it twisted. Drama will never end with a lot of these people. It's their game, their survival, their drug. They love it. This specific drama went too far, obviously, and hopefully something like that never happens again. Imagine the lack of self-awareness to accuse all these other people of loving, capitalising and monetizing drama. When you make when documentaries. When you make documentaries about YouTube drama. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Now, finally, Shane said that he was leaving the beauty side of YouTube. He said he wanted to, and I quote, get back to why I started YouTube in 2005, and that was to make things that bring me joy, not drama, and to make movies one day. Now, the tweets were met with criticism and Shane lost more than 20,000 Twitter followers within hours of posting it. He ended up deleting the thread and he said that, and I quote, he didn't want this energy in his life or on his timeline. I am too sensitive for this shit and I'm done. He also said that he would be leaving Twitter for a few months. Mish, it all just really kicked off from here. This was just the beginning of the criticism really, but we are going to talk all about that after the break. All right, Zara. So Shane Dawson in 2020 said he was done with Twitter. He was going to be leaving for a few months. Only over the next week, people started dredging up receipts of Shane's (laughs) bad behaviour. The very proof he said that he was totally above. And it turned out that Shane Dawson had plenty of skeletons in his closet, including racist remarks and particularly questionable behaviour and remarks about young children. Yeah, some of these quote-unquote receipts that people dug up included times he used the n-word on camera use of blackface comments he made to young female fans on video chat sites like omegle and also one instance where he compared pedophilia to a foot fetish now one twitter user also posted a thread of examples of shane sexualizing young children He dropped from 23 million YouTube subscribers to 22 million subscribers. Yeah, on the 27th of June, Shane uploaded a video to YouTube titled Taking Accountability. In that video, he said this. At this point, realizing how many people I've hurt or how many people I've inspired to say awful things or or do anything awful, like to finally just own up to all of this and be accountable is worth losing everything to me. It's interesting. It's a really interesting video to watch because as much as he seems upset, it's very hard to stomach when you look at the the back catalogue of examples of Shane Dawson saying pretty egregious things. Yeah, 
the examples were pretty endless and they didn't stop because the following day, another Twitter user shared an old video of Shane pretending to masturbate to a poster of a then 11-year-old Willow Smith. Jada Pinkett Smith even responded to it all with a tweet, to Shane Dawson, I'm done with excuses. Willow's brother, Jaden Smith, also wrote that the clip was the furthest thing from funny and not okay in the slightest. Shane, from there continued to lose followers and he wasn't the only one caught in the crossfire. Jeffree Star dropped from 18 million YouTube subscribers to 17 million subscribers because of his affiliation with Shane Dawson. Yeah and that affiliation had proven to be so successful for them both for the last 12 months and now it was starting to turn. If one was going to be cancelled the other would be cancelled right alongside him. Now Target announced that it would no longer be selling Shane's books in its stores and petitions started circulating calling for Morphe, the huge cosmetics brand and other sponsors to drop Shane and Jeffrey. Yeah, as Business Insider explained, both Dawson and Starr used controversy in their early internet careers to gain notoriety at a time when internet culture wasn't considered mainstream or profitable as it is today. While they only met and started to collaborate in 2018, their reputations have become so conjoined in the past two years that their subscriber losses are occurring simultaneously. I love that passage. It really does sum it up. Yeah, it nails it far more concisely than either of us have. <laughs> Morphe did drop Jeffrey and Shane's conspiracy collection from its website and YouTube suspended monetization of Shane's three channels. Yeah, three days after Shane posted his apology video called Taking Accountability, Tati Westbrook re-entered the fold. On the 30th of June, 2020, she uploaded a video titled Breaking My Silence. In that video, Tati retracted accusations she had made about James Charles in her Bi Sister video the year before and told fans that that original video that caused this whole mess was, and I quote, a result of all of the poisonous lies that were fed to me by Shane Dawson and Jeffree Star. Yeah, now this video in and of itself is a step above what we'd seen before. Tati opened saying she was essentially reading off a script she'd worked on with her legal team. She said she basically couldn't veer from the script. And I think clearly by this point, the drama was so flammable and career destroying that teams of lawyers had got involved from every angle Mm. to protect their clients. It was a real deviation away because YouTube was always about the mess and jumping on camera and speaking from your heart and saying exactly what you (laughs) feel like in the moment. A year on, this was very clearly something that was so toxic for everyone involved that they needed teams. I would love to know how much they were all paying their legal teams around this point. They needed teams to deal with this. Yeah, absolutely. Now, as an aside, before we get into the Shane Dawson and Jeffree Star stuff that Tati spoke about, she also made a comment that really piqued our interest. It turns out that Tati deleted the Bi Sister video that kicked all of this off at the request of YouTube. Apparently, executives at the company told her it was a bad look for the platform. I was stunned by this. I couldn't quite understand why and how they could ask somebody to pull content down like that. Yeah. And I wonder what the conversations were at YouTube HQ to say this is awful for our reputation. I think at the time it's really important if you guys listen to the other episodes in the YouTuber series, we need to contextualize this. This was at a time where YouTube was really pushing original premium paid content, right? So they wanted to glow up the brand from like an amateur home video vibe to we are almost like a Netflix. 
And the bi sister scandal really goes against that glossiness that they were trying to put onto the YouTube brand. Yeah, I think that's bang on. But it's still so interesting to me that they would go as far to request it be deleted. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Tati said that prior to everything that happened in May 2019, she'd started to get frustrated with what she felt was James's growing sense of entitlement. She said, I felt he was making some detrimental choices that could jeopardize his career and safety. Mm. She did say that her concerns grew and became more concrete, though, when she met Shane Dawson. Yeah, and it's very, very clear when you watch this 40-minute video that Tati Westbrook truly believes she was put on this earth to make the people around her better. Yes. And so when Shane was expressing these concerns to her, she tells the viewer that this was her life mission to make James a better person, to make anyone that she comes into contact with <laughs> yeah. a better person. <laughs> what are the other main takeaways from the video? Well, on multiple occasions, Tardy uses words like used, coerced and manipulated when it comes to her dynamic with Jeffree Star and Shane Dawson. She essentially said that they made her believe that multiple victims of James Charles were soon going to go public with their stories about him being a predator and a danger to society. Yeah, now for context, Hardy says that Jeffrey and Shane expressed an interest in being in a friendship group. And as they started to try to form a friendship with her, their claims about James escalated. Tardy said the pair told her that James Charles was a monster with many victims. They alleged that James was hurting minors and Shane also said that he was planning to interview victims for his new docu-series and that something needed to be done to stop James from hurting people. Mm, Tardy also said that over the next few weeks, almost every day, Shane and Jeffrey would feed her more information and accusations. We should say at this point in the episode as well that Shane and Jeffrey deny this. These are just Tardy and her legal team's Yeah, She says that she felt sick about the whole thing. She says that they told her they had evidence to prove their side of the story was true. She also says they sent her an audio file of an alleged victim that she says that audio file was enough to make her incredibly fearful. It was enough to make her take this incredibly seriously, but it wasn't enough to make her go to the authorities. She also said that Shane not only knew about Tardy's by sister video, but he had offered to edit it design the thumbnail and help title it, therefore contradicting his own Twitter statement in which he said he had nothing to do with the video. Mm. But in the days following the Bi Sister video going up, Tardy said no actual victim survivors came forward like she was told they would. Yeah, Tardy said that towards the end of 2019, the year where so much of this took place, she became afraid to stay in her home in LA. She said that she was so upset and so stressed that she couldn't sleep, that she lost weight and that she became a shell of her former self. She also said that she didn't pursue fertility treatments as a result of the scandal. Now, of course, we can have sympathy for Tardy Westbrook and we can maybe make some space for that. But it would be remiss of me to not say that... This video should have focused on what she did to James Charles. Not how it affected her. Not how it affected her because she did something awful to James and he, as we know, was deeply mentally affected by the Bi Sister video. To make space for her own struggles throughout that time was an interesting decision in this particular video. Absolutely. She said as well, this is far from over. I've been terrified for a long time, so much so that I had to relocate again two months ago and I've taken serious security precautions to ensure my safety. She kind of finished up the video with this statement too. I can tell you this. It's now my opinion that Jeffrey and Shane were both bitterly jealous of James Charles's success. Jeffrey resented 
that so much of his business was centered around his biggest rival, and Shane did not like that James Charles wanted to make a documentary. Neither of them were happy with standing in his shadow on YouTube anymore. I believe James Charles was gaining more followers and receiving more views and more press faster than anyone in the history on the platform. It's interesting, at the beginning of episode one, we did give a rundown on the subscriber tallies and James Charles's meteoric growth on the platform right before the Biosister scandal took off. So it's interesting that that was also Tati's main takeaway. Yeah, of course. Now, minutes after Tati posted her video, Shane and his fiance Ryland began making public statements. Ryland called Tati a two-faced liar and said her video was a masterclass in manipulation. Shane tweeted, this is a fucking lie and I'm losing my mind with about a million exclamation marks. Yeah, he also decided to jump on Instagram Live, which is really interesting. He even paused in the early kind of minutes or maybe seconds of the video going live and said, I'm going to wait for as many people to jump on this live stream so as many people hear my message as humanly possible. Now, we're going to play you a snippet of Shane Dawson's reaction to Tati's video. It is done in kind of an echoey room. So if the audio sounds a little funny, not quite like the audio we've heard in the YouTube videos, that's why. You'll also hear Tati's video playing in the background and stopping and starting. Yes. Oh, my God. You are so manipulative. You're fake, you're fake crying. You are fake crying. You are fake crying. That is not real. Oh my God. It's so interesting to me that even as this scandal got progressively more serious, even as clearly legal teams were getting involved, Shane Dawson, with 15 years of experience in the industry, decided that that was a good idea to jump on Instagram Live when he is feeling his most emotional, his most reactive. Why would you do that? Like, I'm not on Shane Dawson's side, by the way. I think his alleged involvement in this is something to unpack for sure. But from a PR perspective, if I was his PR manager or his his publicist, I'd be so pissed off. What are you doing? Well, it says a lot to me that this is a guy who released this pages long Twitter statement saying he hated drama he didn't want to be involved in drama because to me this is the easiest way to keep drama going like jumping on Instagram live responding incredibly emotionally like if you don't want to be a part of drama you really have to sit back and be very careful about how you navigate your involvement when other people are quote-unquote dragging you in Mm. now after Tardy's video came out Morphe dropped Jeffrey and his brand from their stores on July 10. Jeffrey returned to social media on July 18, 2020 with a YouTube video called Doing What's Right. I do have to wonder with these YouTubers with their apology videos, they all must have run out of titles. Taking accountability, no more lies, doing Doing what's what's right. right. They're all the same. Now, Jeffrey said he'd spent a lot of time reflecting on himself and his behaviour. He said that he'd also slipped up and done some fucked up things. He also personally apologised to James Charles for his actions and said he should have called James up and talked to him about any concerns he had. Mm. Now, from there, Zara, it really did simmer down, but the effects on all of their careers was absolutely evident. We barely saw Shane Dawson over the next year on YouTube. He actually only returned to the platform in October 2021. He took a full year off. And even since then, we've barely seen him as well. He's only posted six videos since, yeah, October last year. Yeah, crazy. In 2021, Jeffree Star moved to Wyoming and started raising yaks, of all things. (laughs) 
He also started butchering them for steak and mints, which he sells. He's also still running his cosmetics company, Jeffree Star Cosmetics, out of LA and kind of splits his time between LA and Wyoming. Mm. I mean, truthfully, if what Tati and James Charles allege about Jeffree Star particularly is true... And seeing some of the messages that Jeffree Star is alleged to have sent over this period, it's it's quite terrifying. It made me feel quite sick I agree. watching this unfold. And he's kind of, you know, come out of it pretty unscathed. He's still running his cosmetics company. He's still doing pretty well and he's retreated from the public eye. And I just feel very much like it's probably not a conversation we've had enough after this scandal. I agree. I think if those text messages are true, And if they were sent from Jeffree Star's phone that James Charles has the eyes of a demon and he doesn't know if he has a soul and that he's a danger to society. And and a monster. And a monster and and all those things. It is petrifying to know that that could be happening behind closed doors with like personal communication. That kind of plan could be seeded out to drama channels whilst publicly posting things about James Charles killing it when he does Charlie D'Amelio's makeup. Like that difference between what you are publicly projecting and maybe what you're working on behind the scenes, if those text messages are true, is really scary. Yeah. Now, when it comes to James Charles, this is where the story also takes a pretty messy and pretty confusing turn, right? Because in 2021, reports from publications like Insider started coming out accusing the then 21-year-old of inappropriately sexting underage boys. Now, When it comes to this story, I think context is pretty important. This was not sort of a Me Too story that was reported in the same way that perhaps, you know, your Harvey Weinstein stories, your Louis C.K. stories unfilled. Those were stories that journos spent, you know, up to a year researching, reporting, Mm -hmm. getting legaled and fact-checked. From our research, there weren't any proper interviews that happened with boys who claimed they were victims of James Charles. Insider wrote stories based on direct messages they exchanged with someone called Isaiah and included allegations made in videos that were being posted by anonymous Twitter and TikTok accounts. But that was it. Mm. I want to be really clear here. I think more than anything, like there's always going to be a space for people who allege things, be it from an anonymous account or from putting their name to it. And I think we should always make space for that. I do think we should make space for it in the context of it not quite being the same robust investigation where we know enough like we did with Weinstein and CK and all of those other stories. Not at all. I think for whatever journalists wrote articles about this, to write articles based on direct messages from social media accounts where it doesn't appear that they've verified necessarily the identity of the person behind the account I have huge issues with that. Editorially. Yeah, from a journalism standpoint. Like that's not good enough when the severity of the claims is what we're talking about here. And what we found really interesting is so many media outlets, reputable and not as reputable outlets, regurgitated this number of 15 men or boys coming out and accusing James Charles. In our research, we couldn't find where that number 15 came from. And it's very interesting to see maybe how things are recycled in the media, that one publication like Insider might put something out and the state of digital media these days is so many other publications then just regurgitate that information to get their own story up. So as much as absolutely let's have a conversation about these allegations about James Charles, let's also have a conversation about the complete lack of real journalistic investigation that has happened here, which really does mean we don't know very much at all. Yes, absolutely. I think it's still certainly important to raise at the end of this episode but in the context of what we just spoke about 
Now, James said that Isaiah, the guy that was messaging Insider, and who also seemed to be from our research anyway, the only person that put their name to these allegations, told James that he was 18 and James did regret not asking for a license for proof of age. Regardless, YouTube ended up demonetizing his platform in response. The beauty brand Morphe cut ties with James in light of the allegations. And James posted a video in which he addressed the allegations in a video titled Holding Myself Accountable. And he said of the underage sexing allegations, I was being reckless. These conversations should never have happened. Yeah. He alleged that two accusers had told him they were adults. And he said, I trusted the information that was given to me rather than the information I could have and should have gotten myself. He also said that he was taking legal action against anyone who spread misinformation and created fake stories. At the very best side of things, James Charles was completely reckless and ridiculous to be digitally dating anyone. Especially after everything that happened. Absolutely. To not properly learn how responsible he needs to be when he's dating online, given the power that he has behind his social media accounts, Mm. is pretty astounding to me. And that is best case scenario here. Yeah, best case scenario. He was young, of course. Maybe that explains some of the recklessness, but it is pretty unbelievable that after the drama of 2019, and the allegations about James Charles's behaviour, particularly when it came to text messaging and digital communication with men or boys that he was dating. For this to then be the story that emerges in 2021 is baffling. Yeah, and of course, that's just best case scenario. Like worst case scenario is that these allegations are true. In his video, James said, a power imbalance can happen when it's not intentional. What I wasn't getting before is that the excitement that comes with talking to a celebrity is literally enough to make somebody do or say something that they normally wouldn't, even if that celebrity isn't intentionally weaponizing their fame, money or power. And that's a concept I just wasn't getting, but now I do. Mm. I am just a bit flawed, as we said, that that wasn't a concept he understood a year or two before. Now, to be clear about this entire drama, it's never really fully gone away. In June this year, just a few months ago, Jeffree Star appeared on an episode of Logan Paul's Impulsive podcast and talked about the drama. He said that what happened with James and Tati was part of why he had withdrawn from the YouTube beauty community. Yeah, his quote was, I think beauty overall on YouTube is kind of dead. All the drama, all the craziness, all the personalities, it got so unfun, so fucking toxic, so dark and ugly. He went on, all those people were awful. They wanted to villainize me because me and Shane were the most successful. We had the biggest launch in makeup history. It was so cool and people got mad at how successful we got. Yeah, he said that the drama with James and Tati was, and I quote, an atom bomb that ruined the beauty community. Make of that what you Yeah, I was going to say, presenting those quotes Mm. without comment, guys. That is all we have time for. When we talk about scandal and when we talk about drama, gosh, there's not much more drama you can fit into two episodes than what we just chatted about. Yeah, not much more ego either. How big are the egos of the people who make it big on YouTube? They truly feel bigger than A-list celebrities yes, at this point. Yes, hugely, hugely so. Now, as always, <laughs> massive thank you to our researcher, Justine Landis-Hanley, for working on this one alongside us. And as always, guys, if you want to support the show, come find us on Instagram at Shameless Podcast or TikTok at Shameless underscore podcast yeah thank you so much guys we'll be back in your ears on thursday bye
Shameless Media. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.